Here we are, everybody. Warrior Poet Project podcast number seven. I'm here with Corey Allen, the first second time guest because he was so awesome the first time with his impromptu podcast. We said we have to do this again. One is not enough. Two will probably not be enough either. So we'll have to be a mainstay. Um, so how are you doing today, brother? I'm good, man. I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back as a return guest on the lucky number seven. Right on. So, uh, seven is a propitious number. What was it about right, seven? Man. Was that something to do with the Bible on the seventh day? The Lord <laughs> rested. Is that why seven is a lucky number? There's all sorts of stuff sewn into it, man. But it's like anything, you know. It's like uh, throughout the course of human history, uh, <laughs> it's only been ten seconds, man. Yeah. Know, talking about we, we don't like to, we don't like a rolling start in here. You got some podcasts. You got you get some shit out of the way. Right. We just like to fucking dig yeah. right in. There's not that much. Time. I hit I hit Mitch Schultz right over the head within five seconds when he was on the last podcast. But yeah, you know, it's throughout the course of human history. That's that's all things that we've done. You know, it's like all we are symbol. Uh, based creatures you know we create our entire worldview by symbol systems and a tricky thing about that is that the symbols and meanings that we choose to abstract our worldviews from they um, also have to go through the filter of our emotional system our rationalization system all of those things so you know any of the symbology that we're putting into something um, it's got all this extra stuff in there. Right. There's all these phantoms. There's all these ghosts in there. And, you know, people seeing double, people seeing what they want to see, and then putting, you know, deluding themselves into finding things that have more meaning than they really have. Yeah. You so, know, I think a great example of that is the fear of the number 13. Yeah. So they call yeah. it, I, was just, I just had to look it up to get the pronunciation. I'm still probably going to blow it, but it's Trisk. Triskaidekaphobia. Triskaidekaphobia. <laughs> it's Greek, Greek origin. I took some Latin, but oh, not you mean great. Triskaidephobia? <laughs> Triskaidephobia, yeah, exactly. But it's actual term for the fear of the number 13. It's why you don't see 13 in, in hotels, hotels, why you don't see it in uh, airline rows yeah. sometimes. You know, it's, it's going twice. It's, it's, it's preposterous. Yeah. It's a number. It, it's, there's some comedian that has a joke. I don't remember who it is, but he says, they, like, oh, it might be Mitch Hedberg. He's like, uh, you people staying on level 14 in the hotel, you know what level you're really staying on. <laughs> yeah. But it is true. I mean, it's, it's preposterous. However... It is preposterous, but at the same time, it's like how magic works. And I, and I don't mean magic, you know, uh, yeah, or in any um, silly sense of the word or like fant fantasy sense of the word, but in like the old school occult black magic type stuff. Well, people That's believe how that it. stuff work. Yeah, is that you tell somebody and that you have the yeah. right symbols and you get someone to believe it. And then if they believe it, like things can happen. It's like it's like the inverse of, of uh, you know, of... Uh, of uh, um, like a placebo effect. Yeah, sure. Know? Well, I mean, they've they've shown that in like the uh, you know a tribal medicine man can tell to tell someone you're going to die. Yeah, and they could be perfectly healthy. You yeah. know, and the autopsy will prove it, but they'll die. Yeah, they'll be like, shit, I'm no dead. Doubt. You know, yeah. and he could tell that to a, like a Westerner. And the Westerner's like, fuck you. Maybe like, I'm not going to die. Maybe, Maybe. if he doesn't believe it. Yeah, he doesn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't believe it yeah. You know, but belief plays such a key key role in all of this. You know, mm -hmm. and, and I really believe way more than people think. More than you know, and that's an issue with the placebo effect anyways. I mean, I think to say that belief somehow is a, a like a cheaper effect than something else. Belief is the whole deal. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, we are in a belief-based system, a belief-based universe. Belief is the real deal. Belief is what gets the grandma to be able to lift a car off or, you know, that's off right. a kid. Belief can get you to do 
remarkable things. I think, you know, I, I don't know if you listen to it as well, but Bruce Lipton's uh, Biology Belief. I haven't mm-hmm. read the book, but I listened to him on the Rogan podcast, and that yeah. was made a strong impression. I'm, I'm with that 100%. So Wait. belief in both positive or negative will manifest itself. Oh, totally. And, and you know, the thing about a- any of that type of stuff is that it's the result. It doesn't matter how you get to something. It doesn't right. matter, you know, it's, it's what happens. And like with that type of thing, if something happens, regardless if it was, you know, based on science or pseudoscience or if it was a lie, no matter what it is, like if there was a result, then something happened and it worked. You yeah. Know? That's, it's funny that people give, <laughs> people give it different grades of like, it, you know, it's, it's almost like they forget the main point, which is that it worked. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And then it's, you know, if it worked because you believed it, oh, that's a, that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, it worked. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I read this, this uh, great book uh, probably like 15 years ago called the, uh, uh, what is it? The like Hyperbiology of Mind-Body Healing. I think, I believe the author was Rossi, R-O-S-S-I, something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there was, it was basically, it's basically just an archive of a bunch of medical um, uh, situations where they've you know, used placebo or, they, or they've you know, g- given them some this or that. And it's been documented where the body is healing itself. You know, even such in one particular case I've always found interesting was somebody that had cancer and they had like really bad you know, tumors all over their body. Some doc- and they knew this guy had a matter of weeks to live. And mm-hmm. the doctor came in and said, look, I've got this special, you know, which is always since my spine, right, since right. it's tingling. I've got this special new thing. Um, and he said that if you uh, take this, you know, that you might die, but it could cure your cancer. And the guy said, well, whatever, I'm going to die anyway, so let me take it. He took it. His tumors started reducing in size, you know, really fast. Uh, he was actually on his way to recovery. And after, I guess it was a couple of weeks, I'm kind of just making a number up, but after a short period of time, he was still in the hospital and they told him, hey, you know what, that was a sugar pill. You know, you, all of that, that was all mind-body healing. You know? yeah. And uh, the guy, his tumors came back and he died in like a week. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta fucking ruin it like that. But that's a, I mean, it's brutal for him, but mm-hmm. maybe good for science, you know, to, yeah, yeah. to, to kind of realize how powerful that belief mechanism is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're, uh, we're just getting ready to do a clinical trial for Alpha Brain. Mm. And I've been working with the doctors kind of designing the trial, double blind mm-hmm. placebo trial. And they're, you know, we're having to, to bring it out. Uh, you know, I wanted to just do it for a week because, you know, my results and the results from everybody else is you feel it right away. Yeah, you know, sure. I was like, no, let's just do it a week. You know, this is crazy. Why 45 days? And he's like, well, the placebo effect is so strong at the start that you need to broaden it out, you know, just really show the differentiation, you know, that that you're going to get. Yeah. You know, when people enter a trial, they enter it thinking that they're going to have these dramatic yeah. effects, particularly. So we have to stretch it out a little bit, and the placebo effect eventually kind of weans off, and then yeah. the actual effect of the you know powerful nutrients that we're putting in it, super presumably super, super powerful, powerful, are gonna are gonna you know show that they're uh, you know show their efficacy yeah you know over that amount of time. But it's just like it's crazy that it's a known it's a known fact you know, and even on like the brain scans mm-hmm. and like even on the stuff that you think would be not affected by your by your belief system, it is. And people just accept it, like, oh, that's cool. But then again, no doctors, no people actually work with that mechanism to get their patients in the right frame of mind to use belief, to utilize belief, to heal their body. It's like, yeah, we know that it works, but we're not going to actually utilize it for any good. Mm-hmm. You know, We're not going to train people in how to use their mind 
to affect their body. You know, it's like they're aware of this phenomenon and then they're just like, yeah, cool. Yeah, that works, but fuck it, you know? Because yeah. they, maybe they can't make any money off it or it's just, it goes against our normal belief system, which is very, you know, tool-oriented. Like, use yeah. this tool That's to create this yeah. effect. Is it in, in particularly in, in Western, but particularly American culture, like, if there's not a thing that's causing the results and people have not only like a hard time rationalizing and reasoning with it, but a very hard time paying with it because we're, we're paying for it because we're always taught that in order to feel better, you need this thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you want to feel as good as, you know, this person then buy this, you know, this object, you know, yeah. that way, you know, it's and people uh, shuck, people shuck responsibility for their own mind state. You know, they like mm -hmm. to think that, Oh, well I didn't have the right, you know, X or Y, that's why I'm this way. Or, yeah. you know, I, if only I had this, then I would be, have this result, you know, when really so much of it is about the decisions you make about your own mind state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the basis of capitalist culture is having grown up in a way that you always feel incomplete and that a, a thing is going to make you feel whole, you know, and that's the part of the illusion of our, uh, contemporary society is that a thing is going to make you feel whole and make you feel free, but it's not. But people spend their entire lives, most people spend their entire lives trying to make enough money or, you know, beg, borrow, steal to get that thing, to keep getting things, you know, to try yeah. and make themselves feel complete. And but things, you know, and, and then I think there's also another risk going the other way where you discard the value of things. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need things. I just have love in the air. Yeah. And, you know, like there's a balance. Like things are awesome. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's cool. Work for yeah. things, you know, try and get things. But keep them in perspective. Don't you take know? them. That's the thing. I, I, you know, it's all about taking life sincerely, not seriously. You know, and the, yeah. it's like a, uh, you know, a, a llama or a guru or, you know, anything. You know, some, uh, they, can they can stay in a mansion. You know, but they can also stay, have to be just as happy staying in a hut. Right. You know, and that's the thing is like, I, I think that's how I feel about objects. It's like, I don't care about any of them. Yeah. I don't need any of them to feel grounded or feel like have, uh, you know, self value or anything. You know, if there's not that I have self value right. anyway, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, you know, but I, I don't need them. You know, I don't feel any like, uh, like I have one up on somebody if right. I got this right. thing. I, I just think, think whenever oh. you tie them into, you build them into something more than what they are, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's the issue. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's great to be able to, to have these things, but don't, you know, don't like, like a new car, for example, we we're just, I had a photo up on my mm -hmm. laptop of my, my dream car, yeah. you know, which happens to be a Maserati Gran Turismo. Right. So, you know, I've built that car a couple dozen times and <laughs> makes me feel good when I build it and yeah. I think about it and whatever. And it's, you know, sometime for some time down in the future. But, you know, the reason why I want it is it's just it's a fucking beautiful machine. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I'm going to smile when I'm alone and by yeah. myself and nobody's watching and I'm in that thing. You know, it's just it's going to it's going to feel good. But I think a lot of people get those things. They're like you know, imagining, oh, look what those people are going to look at me when I'm in this car, you know, or <laughs> oh, they're sure, going to feel, you know, they're going to, they tie in all these other things and those things end up being empty. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can buy all the fucking cars in the world and it's not going to fill any of those emotional holes mm -hmm. that you have inside yourself. You know, if that's what you're getting it for, any of, any of that stuff, the house, the car, that's not going to make, you know, make any difference at all. You know, I think I, I was talking to one of my friends, actually, he's been on the podcast too, CK Chin, and he was telling me about a study they did where they measured the level of happiness of 
people five, five years after a major incident. And the two major incidents were winning the lottery on one side and becoming paraplegic on the other side. So a dramatically positive event, obviously winning the lottery, a dramatically negative event, which is becoming paraplegic, right? Five years afterward, you'd think the lottery winner would be mm -hmm. fucking super stoked, mm -hmm. way happier, and then the paraplegic. No, the truth of the matter is both the curves changed. You know, the sure. arcs went different. But after a few years, they ended up back at the same level of happiness. Yeah. You know, it yeah. really didn't matter. There was enough, you know, each person had a different level. Some of the lottery winners were super bummed out and depressed, and some of the paraplegics were happier than ever, saying, yeah. you know, they'd unlock different meanings of their life and whatever. So that's, I mean, yeah, that's because anything that happens to you in your life is just um it's not particularly good or bad it's just a pathway and it's up to you to decide how you interact with that pathway you know there's a bazillion zen coins i could talk about right now but you know there's it's just like things will occur you know there's like our reality in our life is a collection of of uh of like events occurring in time, yep. you know, those events, the notion of them being good or bad is only relative to your mind in that time and space in that moment, you know, and, and you never know what, how those things are going to change, what that's going to evolve into. And so, you know, like you say, the quadriplegic, they obviously, you know, losing your limbs is an incredibly uh, traumatic and dramatic experience. However, ironically, they could see the value of pure existence that way. Yeah, you know, yeah. and somebody that wins the lottery that hadn't done any of this, you know, the, the hard work, you know, and, and, yeah. and figured out, you know, what's going on, you know, they win that and they get lost in a, you know, hall of mirrors, man, of just buying stuff and paying stuff. Sure. And, and then people start yeah. lying to them because they want things. From them. <laughs> yeah. And so they're actually, you know, they've they've lost like integers of, of. Um, awareness yeah. by getting trapped in the illusion of materialism. One of my favorite quotes is by Carlos Castaneda on this issue. And he says, uh, for the ordinary person, everything is a blessing or a curse. Yeah. But for the warrior, there are only challenges. That's right. And I think yeah. that's the way you got to look at it. Yeah. Whatever, there's a, there's a challenge to blessings and there's a challenge to curses. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a challenge when you get a huge blessing, like a boon, like the lottery. I mean, what a fucking blessing from the fucking universe that is. Maybe. It should be. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, should you be. Never know. But yeah. you have. But it's a challenge, nonetheless. It's a. Yeah. It's. It's an extreme blessing, which is an extreme challenge. Just like an extreme, um, what you would call a blight or you know a, a negative effect, like mm -hmm. losing a limb. That's an extreme challenge. The other way, you know, both are positive and negative. But it's just how you deal with it. You know, you have to take your warrior mentality and realize that just because it's good doesn't mean it's not a challenge. Yeah. You know it is. You're going to have to you're going to have to find a way to keep yourself grounded to make sure that you're utilizing that gift in a way that's going to benefit your life, the lives of others, fill in with your kind of moral and social um, you know, duty to the to the universe, to so to yeah. speak, you know. So yeah. it's just you know, so and you generally you you fall back on that quote for the for the bad things that happen, but I think one of the you know, subtle and interesting parts of that quote is that he doesn't differentiate between the challenges that are caused from blessing or curses. You know? Yeah. And I think that like the point I was trying to make earlier is that <clears throat> like with good things and bad things, you know, relative to the, the perceiver of those <laughs> things, like they, they're not really good or bad. Like the notions of good, bad, positive, negative, those things are all very, very base to me, you know, in, in my yep. mind. And, you know, you think, and you're saying that winning the lottery would be a blessing. Well, it would. It's just a new set of of pathways because you could win the lottery, and yeah, you could be, you know, 
totally all good with the notions of materialism, the idea of spending. You could go, oh, great, I can retire. My family will be taken care of. I'm going to live a nice, normal, like middle, upper middle class life. And then, you know, just enjoy the day and have my, you know, sons and daughters all taken care of just in case. But then someone could go in the newspaper, see that you won the lottery and come kidnap your wife and say, I'm going to kill her if you don't give me $3 million. Right. It could incite, it could incite, but I don't think it changes the fact that that's a true boon, you know, a boon, which is, you know, the definition of that is a gift granted from the gods. Well, obviously not the gods, it's some random chance, (laughs) but you know, but it still is a blessing. It has, it comes with its challenges. Like, all right, (laughs) that's a challenge. (laughs) You know, I mean, so yeah, it does open yourself up to notoriety, which could cause, (laughs) you know, somebody to incite violence, but you know, you're not really that much richer than a lot of other people who are in the country too. Yeah. But but I think, yeah, but but I hear what you're saying. You know, I mean, I think good or the notions of good or bad are up to you to determine. Yeah, and I that's, think, that's it. Yeah. you know, you have to decide whether it's going to be good or bad. Yeah. But I do think some <laughs> things are intrinsically good and things are yeah. intrinsically bad yeah. and make it a little more difficult. I mean, I'd much rather win the lottery than lose a foot. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. I, mean, I think I could deal with the challenges of the lottery a little easier than the challenges of the, of the right. minus one foot. I when, do tend to like both of them. You know, it's weird that, like, I think about this type of thing on a daily basis, like, that the the patterns and systems that and like reactions that humans have uh <laughs> you know uh, like to to different things that happen and like the ways that they think that they should respond to that and, and i always yeah. imagine just what if you flipped that around how because it's no weirder than how it already occurs but if you just like reverse that it would be just as strange but i like to look at it in order to show how the normal way that our universe operates is already strange as mm-hmm. is like, so say that, like I was talking about someone winning the lottery and a person comes and like kidnaps their family because they were trying to extort money from them. Right. And that'd be bizarre. Like that's just the fact that that could happen is just as weird as like the guy that loses his leg. And then someone reads about that that poor person lost their leg and then they go kidnap that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going deep here, Corey Allen. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, do you see my point yeah. is that it's like... If, if like the responses that humans have to each other in certain situations is so bizarre as it is yeah. that if you just like reverse the roles, you can see how bizarre like the normalcy is. Yeah. Know? Or it's like, <laughs> well, we, we have socially accepted beliefs about all these different things and they're socially reinforced. And it comes even from when you're a kid, I think it's important, you know, when I, when I have kids, I see these parents and I, I think I've, you know, read about it and I've also experienced it. Like, you'll see a kid fall and the kid will fall and then look up to their parents. Mm-hmm. And if the, if the parents go, Oh, you poor thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. poor baby. Oh, are you okay? Then the kid just starts bawling. Yeah. It's like, like a, Oh my God, I'm dying. Like, <laughs> it's like a soccer player. Yeah. In a ref. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but if the parents like, you're good, buddy, get up. And the kid's like, Oh, okay, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. You know? And then, and then that kind of, you know, affects the whole, their whole mindset to that, to that kind of belief system. I mean, we're such, you know, we're so, so much creatures that are, that rely on social cues from other people. And a lot of the social cues that got, that have, that are set up are just whack. Oh yeah. You know, like they don't need almost all of them, <laughs> almost all of them. Yeah. So, so then starting to identify, you know, what is this social pressure that you're feeling and saying like, all right, just because this is established doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. You know, I can make my own verification off this, you know, like, like getting, you know, you get congratulations and I think actually one of my good friends, Bodie Miller, talks about it the most. I mean, he's, 
he has he defines his own success on the race not by whether he went or lost but how he actually raced so he gets just as annoyed when he wins a race that he didn't race the way he wants to mm-hmm. and people congratulate him people congratulate him and they're like and he's inside he feels like well you shouldn't be congratulating me because yeah. i didn't do what i was supposed to do and what i what what i meant to do and what i was you know what would typify me as excelling in this race i didn't achieve it so and then at the same time other people will you know be like oh i'm so sorry about that like maybe he'll ski out of a race that he was just fucking ripping Mm -hmm. and like skied it exactly the way he wanted but his result wasn't good and they're like trying to baby him be like oh i'm so sorry that's such a and that that annoys him just as much you know and i think there's something to be said for that just really knowing yourself how you're doing what you're doing and and not necessarily relying on anybody else to tell you you know what your social how you should feel about some Mm -hmm. action yeah that's something i fortunately figured out and learned you know a while a while ago and it was really helpful whenever i did figure that out and it happened actually from i used to work in record stores a lot you know being in the music and i kind of like realized that you know, every people would put on an album, you know, and employees in there would say, oh, that sucks. Or, oh, that's great. It's the best album. You know, every, someone would put on another album. Someone would say, oh, that sucks. That album sucks. Oh, it's the best album. And then, you know, people that worked there would get anxiety about the music they were going to play, like when it was their turn to play something. Yeah. Because they were worried about it. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah. I guess, like, and also, like, reviews of my albums, you know. Um, I've been pretty lucky. Like, people yeah. liked them. But it's like, you know, everyone's always going to have something negative to say about you, your life, like everything you're doing. Someone's always going to have something positive to say. And they kind of cancel each other out. You know, it's like everyone's going to have a perspective on what you're doing. And you can take like positive feedback from some of those perspectives or a negative, like criti- you know, crit- constructive criticism, you know. But to take them seriously, yeah. I think, is a big mistake. Because, you know, like you're saying, uh, like Bodie Miller skiing out or doing really well, and then someone saying, you know, oh, you did great, and he doesn't feel good about it. Yeah. You know, I can certainly relate to that, and that I think that that is just the, that's kind of the, not the not the curse per se, but that's just kind of one of the the um, part of the condition of being someone who's trying to achieve something. Yeah. Because you are aware in your subjective mind, like the potential, the possibility in where you wanted to be. It's like a comedian that goes up there and does an entire set and like kills it. And then they get off and everyone's like, Oh, that was so great. But then they forgot or they messed up like one word on one joke and they feel terrible. And it's like someone, you know, like I used to be in most of the best ones. Most of the best ones are like that. And I was just actually talking to, I was talking to Rogan about that and he was saying how it took him about four months. One time during a set, he, uh, he dropped a glass of water Mm -hmm. And the glass of water fell off the stool and was on the ground. And he just kind of ignored it, you know, and just tried to let it be. But he said his comedy just went downhill because yeah. he didn't address the glass of water. And it became like the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. He said like for four months he obsessed about that. And this guy's prolific. He's That's out true. there every day yeah, doing different comedy, you know. But that, that one thing got He gotta, literally like spilled his confidence yeah, 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 into exactly. the world. Um, so, so, you know, and I think there's a big perfectionist element. But yeah, to go back to what we were saying, not to get off, off topic, is, you know, I, I experienced the same thing as well. I was working at, uh, at Fleshlight. Oh, really? I yeah, I was working that. at Fleshlight. And people would be like, oh, you know, congratulations. That's great. Yeah, I had a good salary and a good, you know, a pretty good job and, you know, a house and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But... You know, the congratulations, I would never take them to heart. Like The house okay. the flashlights built. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. I mean, I mean, I played my part. I did, some, I did some good things there. But it wasn't like I knew that wasn't actualizing yeah. a fraction of yeah, yeah. what I was able to bring to bear. So, 
you know, the difference between that and then getting compliments now, it's like, okay, now I can accept the compliments for on it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I put a lot of blood and sweat and in, in, into this and I feel like it is a fair representation of what I'm trying to bring to the world. But at the same time, you can't get too, you can't even take the positive stuff that's right, even that, exactly. even that seriously. You just kind of, you know, it wasn't really, this is just what you were here to do, you know, yeah. and you're just, you know, to get too excited about yourself for doing what you're almost supposed to do, you know, and what the universe has allowed you to do and the muse has inspired you and, and all of these other forces, you know, you can't take too much credit for any of it. And just no. like you can't get too bummed out when it goes south. You know, yeah. I know there's, I have plenty of detractors out there, you know, that will write crazy, ridiculous things about me. And for a while it put me into like a, like a pretty bad place. And I was like, mm. what the fuck? Cause I never had people like hate me. who didn't yeah. know me. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was like, why do these people hate me? And you know, I haven't done anything them i'm not trying i'm trying to put positivity out in the world you know i've made some mistakes sure but this hate you know i was feeling it and then i realized it's just the same you can't they don't know what you're actually doing just the same as the people who are complimenting you know sometimes they'll accidentally correspond with what's right Mm -hmm. you know but but it's more of a lucky guess than or maybe they have true insight you know like your close friends have true insight but more of the time they just happen to coincide you know, by a, by a coincidence. And it's really you that knows whether you're doing right, whether you're doing well, or whether you're not. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter by what you have. All of the other things that people measure it by, money, your girl, your car, your house, all that is just bullshit. You know, yeah. you know if you, no matter what position you're in, if you were kicking ass and you were doing everything that you can do, then fucking right on to you. You know, yeah. don't worry about what everybody else is saying. Yeah, no, uh, yeah key. totally. I mean, you know, I would deduce it for myself even more than that you know in the sense that like if i do things that you know i i think of i've done well then i don't really feel anything you know i i just uh, it's a it's kind of a you know it's not really uh, it just feels like i fulfilled that purpose <laughs> yeah i know what you, you know mean. it's like oh well i spent you know i got uh, developed an entire system of composition that replicates the natural structure of the universe I got five you know, musicians, uh, showed them this system of, of composition I designed, had them perform this piece that replicates the, fl- the self-organizing process of the universe, had them perform it, record it, took the you know, bowed vibraphone, double bass, cello, guitar, piano, mixed all of those pieces down from a studio recording, mixed it myself in my studio, mastered it, done, boom, there's this new piece, of, like these two 20-minute long Ensemble. Did you acoustic. actually do that, by the way? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. These acoustic <laughs> ensemble pieces. I don't feel good about it. I know. You know. It's just it's just the thing that entered my brain that I thought this needs to be expressed and like uh, needs to occur. It's like some something that needs to to happen, and so I just made it happen. And you know, people like like it. And I, mean, I haven't released it yet. I'm going too soon. But people like they they've heard it really like it, and I've performed that live with that ensemble, and people have been really into it. And I'm just like. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Know? Because it's like, I don't feel, and the same thing with like negative things, you know, either in your life or in general. Fortunately, you know, I, I've learned to, a really important thing about life, you know, and I'm only 30, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, but I think something I've learned in the last, you know, five years or so is that you, as you get older, you really start to know what you like and you start to know how you want to live your life. And a very important thing is to build that life that you want you know, and make smart decisions in the sense that who you're around, what you do with your days, you know, 
uh, I only really associate with like a very small, yeah. knit, you know, tight knit group of people. Sure. You know, and I'm, I don't go out like every night. I don't go out. Sometimes I don't. Well, I mean, at least you know once a week or something. But I'm not going out every single night trying to party and do this or that and meet a bunch of people and stuff because I think that that's you know, a yeah. Recipe. You know yourself. Yeah, it's a recipe for chaos too, man. You know, <laughs> it really is. Like if yeah. there's because the you know the the world out there is is pure chaos, and if you're just you know, shooting, you know, your, the harpoon of yourself into these different, like, balls of chaos, like, obviously, you're going to get caught up in Well, that, you're yeah. not even, you're a half harpoon and half whale, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, you know yeah. giving a broadside for yeah. the harpoons of others. Yeah. You know, so, so, so the point is, is like, you know, you, you, you know, surround yourself with, with uh, important people to you where the energy flow is correct, you know, yeah. and it's like, there's, People that have downward energy flows, where every time they're around you, you feel like you're giving. There's people that have upward energy flows, where if you're around them, you feel like you're getting from them. And there's people that have parallel energy flows, where if you're with them, you're building each other. And those are the people that I associate with. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely crucial. I'm going to go back to something that you said, because it reminded me of uh, something that uh, uh, my friend Matt Vengren, who's a poker pro, told me. And he was talking to, he has a... He has someone that he really looks up to, and he was as kind of a mentor for his poker. And um, you know, basically, he said that when you're a pro, you know, and when you're when you're ready to be a champion, and you win a huge event, you know, you're not going to feel that kind of elation that you feel now when you win an event. You know, at the point when you're at that level where you're ready mentally, you know, and spiritually and physically and everything to win a major event, to be at that professional level and achieve that. You know, when you do it, you'll feel like that's just what you were meant to do. So you're exactly. not going to be like crazy, elated and yeah. through the moon. Like, holy shit, <laughs> look at this. Look at me, bitches. You know, that's, like, the, that's the lottery winner. Right. You know? Exactly. That's a lottery winner. It's just like unexpected thing. And I, I've kind of, you know, I've been on a very kind of gradual curve towards towards doing things as well. And, and when I achieve something that I'm very proud of, you know, it's almost like like you were saying with your piece. It's like, OK. You know, I did it. And yeah. you have a you have like a warm sense of like I'm in sync with what I was supposed to yes. do. And but it's just not it. this like elation like, oh, shit, you because know, look that's what ego. I just did. Because that yeah. is ego. Right. Know? And I think that whenever you can, whenever you realize something that you imagined, that mm-hmm. is the, you know, ego doesn't have anything to do with that. You yeah. Know, that's that's a matter of um, of as we've talked about following the steps, you know, and uh you know, whenever things I, I work on, you know, myself that don't work out, like, I don't feel bad about them. I just, well, that thing I was trying to create, or that thing I was trying to do, it didn't work out. And it doesn't matter. And it's the same thing with life. Yeah. It's if you're trying to put something together in life and it doesn't work out, it just it doesn't matter. It doesn't didn't work out. And if it does, it also doesn't matter. But it's nice that you were able to get into the sink of your pattern in, in the universe, you know. Yeah. And if you, you know, zoom out a few clicks on that a little bit more, you know, then really like you that's the 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 matter of your entire life like your entire being your entire existence to me has the same um uh variable uh, on you know uh, positivity negativity all those things as we do about the creation because really when you're creating a some, something or like building a project that's just an extension of your being mm-hmm. and i think that if you look where that comes from you can realize that your existence is actually just as um, inconsequential has a negative context, mm-hmm. but um, you're basically a very tiny piece of a huge system. You know, it's like your fingers on the hand of of this 
huge thing that's so incredibly complex that you couldn't even possibly imagine. Yeah. And so, but you to, still got to be you still got to be open to that. You still got to receive the impulse from that big machine. Whether and, oh, and that yeah. big machine, people have called it God. People call it the universe. People call it destiny. People call it all kinds of things. But it, you know, very few people allow that to flow through them. You know, and I think that's that's the key. It's not about you know you really have to find what what that machine, what God, what the universe, whatever you want to call it, what that you know how that can flow through you and create fulfillment in your life. And yeah. being open to that is and understanding that is something that people have a real challenge doing. Well, let's call it the hand. You know, so yeah. if the hand is the entire system, and you are one of the fingers. Whenever the hand picks up, you know, a cup, a coffee mug. You know, the middle finger doesn't feel any better or worse than the ring finger. Uh-huh. They're just both part of the same process, performing the same function. But they're really just extensions of the hand, which are extensions of the body. Right. And that's how every human being is in relation to the, the entire cosmos. You know, we are the fingers of the hand of this universe. And the thing that that's on the arm of, who knows, you know? And that's, yeah. what's, that's why living is fun. That's why, like... Totally. That's why there's know. magic in it. Yeah, that's what, exactly. That's yeah. why there's magic. And so the, the idea that if you feel like you're failing, if you feel like you're doing something positive, that's great. But the most important thing is to get in sync with, with the blood flowing into that finger from that hand. You know, because whether you realize it or not, like we're all accomplishing something. Like there is no, there is no goal. There's no chore in all of this. The, the state of, of existence is relevant only to the nature of being. It's like if we are here, if you are awake, if there is a light within your body, then you've, you've accomplished your goal. And what you yeah, do... Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll let, let you finish. finish. And, and what you, you can choose to do after that is up to you. And you can do things that you feel like are, can, can make that finger stronger or you can do things you know, to feel like you make it weaker. Right. It's really up to you. But... Um, the, the, the purpose behind it all isn't relevant to just the person. Like we are like all of the, the way I've thought about before is like, if there was a, like an, a giant octopus inside of the world, I think I may have talked about this on a, a podcast before, but if yeah. there's like a giant octopus inside of the world and all of the tentacles had like 6 billion tentacles sticking out, uh-huh. you know, all of those, uh, tentacles are all the people, like if they're coming out of the, the crust of the earth, you know? Right. And so, um, essentially we're all, we're all part of the, the same system. Um, and now you can choose to, to do what you see as good and constructive, or you can choose to see what you do is negative or bad. But I think that the... the indi- well, I think some people... All right, so here's, here's the problem I have with that analogy, and I, I kind of see where you're going with it. But the problem is, is that the, the choices that you make, you know, like if you have the, the tentacles on a tentacle, you know, if a, one tentacle gets very motivated to do something bad, they can, they can fuck up so much. You know, like take a Hitler, for mm-hmm. example. You know, you would think like, oh, that little tentacle, if he decides to go bad, you know, who cares? There's another billion. No, I, you know, I didn't say that, who cares. You know, <laughs> well, well, I mean, but in that analogy, right? You know, yeah. but, but I think there's, we have the effect to create. I look at it like, like the, imagine the world was, was dark and all of us are little, you know, little lights. And the idea is to get the whole world to light up. Mm-hmm. And you get the whole world to light up by sharing, you know, positivity, life, you know, you know, getting positive energy to flow. And however much you do, you know, you can have a whole light that expands, you know, just your, just your home, let's say that just your home lights up in the mm-hmm. world. And that's great. You know, you made a happy family, you pass that on other people who interact with you. It's like a little glowing dot. And if everybody had little glowing dots, perfect. But 
there's a lot of houses that are dark and a lot of people that are dark, you know? So some people are going to have the opportunity, you know, like Rogan, for example. He's one of them that's spreading a big light you he's know, like through his pocket. He's like a nuclear reactor. Yeah, exactly. So he's, <laughs> like, he's like lighting up a bunch of it. And then there's other people who can cause, you know, massive areas to go dark, you know, yeah. like the government. You know, whoever, whatever reptilian machination is behind some of these laws and rules and control mechanisms and some of the corporations like Monsanto, they're, they're regularly dampening the light switches yeah. on all of these kind of things. So I think there's, there's more influence, but I do think it's not just, you know, you've achieved your purpose by being alive. I think the purpose is to create light. Like you got to light some shit up. I don't care if yeah. it's yourself and you're living in a hut in the mountains and you're thinking and expanding. You don't have to do anything for everybody else. I'm not saying you have to be altruistic in your motivations. You can do it just for you. You can go out, bathe in the stream every day, eat fish. You're a little bit, you're still a little light in the mm -hmm. world, you know, but if you're doing that and that, and that's fine, but other people will have their family unit and then other people have broader, you know, I think I've effectively covered that, that point. But the point being is you should be spreading light, not ignorance, yeah. not hate, you know, not doing any little thing that, that you're doing, like a guy who's victimizing his girlfriend, you know, it's just forcing darkness in a being that could be full sure. of light or someone who's sitting away and hammering hate on a fucking like, message yeah. board, you know, and just yeah. calling people out and spewing negativity. You know, they're dampening these lights all around them, all around the place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a direct antithesis of what we're here to do. Sure. And then how, the question then is, how do you get your light to shine as bright as possible? And how, and if you want to spread that, I mean, how far you want to spread that? Do you want to just have it in your family? Great. That's no better or worse. You know, some people have different callings. Some people have different motivations. But the idea, I think, has got to be to use that analogy, you know, and strictly, you know, mind you, I'm just using this in an analogy. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about light in this kind of esoteric, <laughs> sure. magical, new yeah. age sense, you know, but just in this analogy, how are you going to light up your yeah. space? Yeah, I think that I agree with everything you said. Um, but maybe you misunderstood. When I, was when I was talking about that earlier, I was talking about the notion of self-worth. Yeah. Not, not a notion of what, like, you know, I mean, the people that don't feel confident or comfortable or, like, positive about themselves yeah. and what they're doing in their <clears> life. <throat> um, my point about the tentacles thing and the, the hand, the finger on the hand was that um, just the fact that you're here is your self-worth. Like, you're, yeah. you're here. You right. are awake. Right. You, like, that's good. You've done, like, you've made, like, you've dodged the one in one billionth chance that you, your consciousness could exist whatsoever. So don't feel bad about, like, what you think you are, like, where you are in your life. And then the next step is everything that you were talking about. Right. Um, the tricky thing about that is, is that, that I've run into, is that everyone's perception of what that light is or that positive energy is different. And, you know, some people could think that just sitting on the couch drinking soda and, you know, watching TV all day is that's their like form of like positive. Yeah, man, that's I'm doing it. This is positive. Like I'm killing it, man. I'm not, you know, my, my mom isn't bothering me, you know, like yeah, <laughs> whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. like whatever, where my dad isn't bothering me. I'm just sitting there watching TV, man. This is it, you know. And so it's a it's a it's a tricky thing to try and, uh, you know, make people aware because a lot of people don't want to be aware of that and it's like it's an easy thing to forget whenever you spend your days they thinking don't about that want to be aware because they don't know it yeah no you I, know what i mean it's totally. not i think there's a calling for all of us to become awake and enthusiastic i mean there's so many numbing agents you know and i think 
It's a very complicated topic, but yeah. so many things are designed to distract yeah. and numb you. Television distracts, yeah. you know, alcohol numbs, yeah, you know, all, all kinds of things are designed yeah. to do both of those. And, and, but basically, I think it's to distract you and numb you from your intrinsic calling to create light, you know, to mm-hmm. create something positive. And you create all of these mind, you know, distractions and games and justifications to kind of make it okay um, to do that. And, and I think... You know, so people's self-worth, sometimes they're getting negative self-worth for no reason, like you said. You know, like like they're just, you know, it is enough to be alive and be awake. Like that's, mm-hmm. you're just as special as anybody else yeah. in that star. And that's that's my point. Yeah, right. And I, I'm with like, you 100%. It's all okay, everybody. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's all, I'm serious. Like yeah. people are like very fragile and very like uncomfortable. And there's these roller coasters on a daily basis of people not feeling like they're doing what they need to be doing. And it's all like socially imposed. It's like... Everyone, you're all okay. Don't just relax. Take deep breaths. Like you're good. You're awake. You're here. Like we're all we're all awake and we're part of this beautiful system. Like it's fine. Just relax. You know. I think that's. Everybody. I think that's. Uh, I think that's good advice. Very soothing. Yeah. Everybody, just relax. <laughs> Very soothing. But I also see. I'm a little. I'm a little harder than you. Yeah. You know, this you know, is like true. I'm like the. I'm, I guess I'm like the tough parent. This you know, is true because yeah. I'm saying that. Yes. Take that. Relax. First step breathe you know mm-hmm. everything's cool but then you got to know that if you're doing the work and if you're doing everything that that you know you should do and don't judge it by anybody else i don't care what yeah. your profession is i don't care what it is you got to know whether inside yourself you're doing what you believe you should do and i think stephen okay. pressfield talks about this in, in all of his mm-hmm. books war of art and turning pro like which i just book. read i read that i didn't i didn't really care for that book really yeah, yeah i loved it i, I, I know it. i know a lot of people like it and the turning pro i love too is amazing amazing book but but i think i guess i guess because we have slightly i have a more kind of aggressive concept you know whereas and i think both are right we're both getting at the same area but yeah. for me you know, I like what Pressfield is saying because Pressfield is saying that inside of all of us, we have a calling, you know, and a, and a potential to whatever, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter. It could be a simple mm-hmm. task like Bertrand Russell talked about the happiness of a groundskeeper whose job was to keep the rabbits away yeah. from the garden. Love and he guy. found like true happiness in, in, from his book, The Conquest mm-hmm. of Happiness. He was one of the happiest people Bertrand Russell knew because every day he would go up and he would look for the rabbits. And yeah. when he defeated the rabbits that day, he was, was successful, yeah. you know, and that was his challenge. And that was his deal, yeah. and and that's fine. If you're ju- if you if your life is defeating the rabbits, you know, and you can take pride in that, and you can bring that, and <laughs> have a nice little you know hearth at home, and yeah. defeat the rabbits every day. Great. You're in accord with you're the in Dow, accord, but but so Dow many people, point. yeah, exactly. But so many people are are not doing that. Sure. You know, they're they're falling into the trap of. You know, whatever it is, and you just got to You got to find that. You got to open yourself up first, and that's one of the reasons why I'm such a proponent of psychedelics. Is psychedelics can help at least open up that possibility to what you could and should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's so hard. Everything is so nebulous. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was talking to my girl about this, and you know, we were talking. We we I have this book. It's called uh, Path of the Warrior, and it's these short little um, kind of bushido quotes mm-hmm. and stories about that and it says uh she pulled the she pulled one out we read one before bed and she got the one that said the warrior shows his sword and you know and it's you show your sword to your enemy mm-hmm. you howl you scream you you know you show that and then the enemy leaves and you can pull your sword away um and you don't you can avoid the fight 
that way, you know, by creating this. So, so that's kind of a, a warrior maxim, right? It's like a gang member pulling his shirt up and yeah, exactly, and, and avoids avoids a gun battle <laughs> yeah. because everybody knows. Or, or even yeah. this kind of, you know, like a nuclear, even in a nuclear level, which is obviously awful. Mm-hmm. But the fact that both people show, you know, that yeah, what they self-assured oh, shit. destruction. <laughs> oh yes. shit! You know, we're, we're not we're not going to do that. But Mutually self So that's it's kind of like a it's a warrior maxim. But but even getting to her and how this will apply is. You know, ask her, all right, what's your enemy? And then what's the, what's the sword? And so, you know, basically at the end of kind of figuring it out and puzzling it, the enemy was not knowing, you know, not knowing which direction she should go, you know, what she should do, how she should attack um, her destiny, you know, and that was, that was the challenge. That was the enemy. Mm-hmm. And her sword, which could defeat the enemy, was her work ethic. You know, she's like, once she had a project, she was confident that she would see it through to the end and excel in it, you know. And so I think that's a case that a lot of us are in. You know, it's not that we're not willing to work hard, but we just don't know what the hell to do. I think that's most people. That's yeah, most, most people. people. That was me. That was me. Fucking a few years ago. And you know what the irony is? Is that like people uh, have tell me here and there just because, you know, I've got to like. There's a lot of projects going on. You know, I've always doing the label and doing you know my own music and doing mastering and audio work and like a lot of projects and. You know, I've always got stuff lined up and, you know, people will tell me, man, you know, you've got so much stuff lined up and it's all going on. I wish I had like stuff, you know, as many projects happening. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, I, I don't feel any like better. <laughs> like it doesn't, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't feel any better from having those things lined up or like having the, like this direction or whatever. It's just like, it's just this train track thing where it's just this path, you know? And but you're on. A, but you're on the path. Oh, I know. Of, I that's know. actualizing. I know. So for you, for you, but you're you like you know. But, but the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the point is, is that it's like, um, it's not about like um, striving towards a thing. It's being like finding now. Yeah. You know, and you have to like liberate yourself from the future and the past. You know, because like the past is something that happened back there that you talk about now and the future is something that's abstract that could, you know, it's a, a, you know, a system of potentialities that could happen. But the only thing, you can only talk about those things in the present, you know, so therefore the only thing that exists is the present. And so in order to, you know, feel um, like you're in accord with the cosmos and with the universe, you have to liberate yourself and free yourself from the notion of, you know, past, future, and just be... Uh, one with where you are now and then wherever you can do that things will fall into place like things I truly believe that that if you can find like the present moment then you're becoming uh, a part of the grand system and whenever you do that like the universe starts building scaffolding around you because it's like a like a mineral or something Mm -hmm. building up you know Mm -hmm. and so that's like I think that you're you're like um the rock climber, you know, you get on that mountain, I'm, there's that mineral I'm talking about. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to climb up to the top and I'm going to like, you know, find out what's up there and I'm going to do this and that. And I think that, you know, perhaps I feel like the way of like, I'm happy to, I'll like just find a, a crack of the mountain and climb in there and let like the mineral seal over and then become a part of the mountain. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we're still, you know, both becoming one with the mountain, but it's just in two different ways. And, and I think that like, um, well, you're, you know, you're on a personal, I mean, I think to understand, we probably both have pretty dramatic personal backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for me, it was always a highly competitive athlete, you know, like it was very like this, you know, striving, constantly achieving, competing, 
kind of mentality. Um, and then for you, I, I know you're, you're very well versed in meditation and those practices of kind of letting, letting things come. And, and both are very viable ways. You know, you can either attack and press and mm -hmm. find, you know, keep pushing on these paths till you find the one where you're in accord. But ultimately, the end result is the same. Yeah. You know, you get to a place where you're in accord and you're in harmony and the tune that you're making coincides with the tune that the universe had in mind when yeah. they set your pitchfork. Yeah, you yeah. Know, when they set your individual tune, you find it. You're that. in the right tune. I appreciate that music analogy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you find that right tune and, and it's just different kind of different ways that people go about getting there. And I think, yeah. you know, one way, like you said, is be in the now, you know, find stillness, quiet the other thoughts and, you know, let the, let the path kind of find you because just notifying that the path, the, the tune, your tune, I to use this, keep using this analogy, which I like, Do it. your tune is around you all the time. So if you can find the now, find stillness, then, you know, you will eventually start to hear it. Mm -hmm. And once you start to hear it, you will find yourself adhering to it and becoming yeah. part of it. And yeah. then, and then you will be on your path. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's one of the best ways. Certainly the way, you know, part of, part of doing, and I think the psychedelics can really open that out. They can remove all of the shit that you have going on in your ears. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you can hear that tune crystal clear. And it's like, oh shit, that's my tune. Like I hear that tone, yeah. I hear that pitch, you know, and you can remember that and then know and feel that again. So I think that's one way that you can get there is through doing that. Another is just quieting through meditation. Another is, you know, trying to put yourself to different pitches and tones yourself, you know, which was certainly a way that I was trying as well as just try this, try this, try this. And then all of a sudden you'll kind of hone in like, okay, it's somewhere between this, this energy level and this occupation and this one. Yeah. You're just you know, feeling out your somewhere, harmony. Yeah. yeah. You're feeling, you're feeling out, out your melody. harmony. Exactly. Your and then you finally find it. And then it's like, oh shit, yeah. it's starting to starting to gel. You got a deep groove going on. Exactly. Now. So yeah. that's so that's uh, I guess that's the way to kind of you know the way to kind of find that and solve that problem that so many people have is where should my, you know, where should I put my energy? And also you have to realize too that sometimes you're not quite ready for your pitch, your yeah. your opportunity yet. And the, your key is just to keep growing and experiencing consciousness and. And just, you know, relaxing and your opportunity will come, you know, yeah. you may be too young. You may be too young for that fully fulfilling, you know, final life destiny goal. But find a little thing that is within harmony, you know, find little pockets that you can do, whether it's some creative endeavor or something until you find maybe the master, the master track, mm -hmm. I guess would be my advice. Yeah, and just being like honest with yourself too helps a lot. You know? Yeah, it's like, and I mean the the only the symptom to that I will say that you know everything has its its weights and balances. You know, and I think that for me anyway, the symptom of being on that or feeling like I you know am on that path a bit, you know, is uh, if you can you can kind of meta think yourself into existential paralysis. You mm -hmm. know, that's that's a real easy symptom to get into, and. Uh, you know, where you're basically just like sitting there thinking, okay, well, lots of people um, don't know that they're meta thinking themselves <laughs> into existential paralysis. Oh, that's that's <laughs> one of my my problems. You know, I was like, okay, yeah. well, I'm here. You know, I'm this this uh, you know fleshy meat sack stuck to this this planet. You know, floating in the middle of the universe, like it, and it's all basically just feels like a theater play where it's like you're just going through these motions and you're a part of this huge giant grand act and you can really get into that thing of like well 
It is, you know, I could just simply just wake up and then go to sleep for the next 30 years too. That's also a very, you know, easy thing to do. It's like, if you're present, if you're just here, then, you know, that's a, it's a simple trap to fall into. So there's so traps. Is that, is that a challenge that you particularly find yourself mm-hmm. facing? Like when you're down, mm-hmm. when you personally, Corey Allen, yeah. are feeling bummed out, is that generally the, the way that it comes to you? Always. That's always, always how I, how I get, feel bummed out or I start feeling not motivated or, or slightly negative. And it's not even negative. It's just uh, hopeless, you know, where it's like there's everything is so complex and so magnificent and so infinite that it's that I think it's that last string of my of the ego that like connects all of the parts of the body together kind of going, you know what? I don't need to be here anyway. You know, like this, this room is beautiful without my silly meat sack in it. I can just kind of back up into the, the background and just let this whole thing continue and just watch this pretty show until the shockwave of my human form vibrates and and goes back into the layers of the universe, you know? And so, so uh, how do you combat, how do you combat that then? Well, I'm kind of like, uh, I feel like I'll, I'll, Typically, after a couple of days, I'll just kind of perk back up again yeah. because it's just not in my nature to, you know, stay in that mindset for too long. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll, I think it's like I start thinking about, oh, yeah, well, like I, I was talking to this with a friend of mine you know, recently is it's like the, you know, uh, you can count on like a leaf growing out of a tree branch but you can't count on the edges of that tree branch or that leaf, what the edges of that leaf looks mm-hmm. like. I think that like the edges of that leaf are just a consequence of like leafiness. And I think that in your life, like you can count on the fact that you're alive right now and that you're awake, but you can't count on what all the edges and the, you know, the details of that life are going to be because that's just a consequence of life. Yeah. You know, and whenever I think, that whenever I start feeling too, you know, existentially paralyzed, I realize that I'm just, um, looking all too closely at the edges of that leaf, yeah. you know, and think, okay, you know, uh, may it's, you know, just, you got to hop back in the pool a little bit, you know, and yeah. start swimming again. Yeah. I guess for me, my, uh, my challenges come, I feel, I don't, I don't feel that. I always feel like I have a charge, you know, like I have a duty and my duty is to my, you know, fellow humans, to mm-hmm. the earth, to, you know, future earths that our species may interfere with whatever whatever it is you know is to is to make an effective change when i get super bummed out is when i feel not so much like you know like my presence wouldn't matter so much that that's uh, maybe i used to have that in a while and that's kind of like a self-defeating kind of i oh woe is me you know I'm, mm-hmm. i suck kind of belief but i haven't had that in a while but it's really like you know I, I can get a feeling like, and I, I think it really happens when I, you know, receive a lot of negativity. And for me, it's like, man, fuck these people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I mean, why, why should I be putting myself out there, you know, yeah. taking these harpoons and mm-hmm. taking these shots and pulling spitballs out of my hair, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, fuck it, you know? Yeah. And, but when I say that, I get like really bummed out mm-hmm. because at that point it's like the universe is being like, Hey, dumbass, like, that's not the truth. There's a ton of mm-hmm. good people and a ton of positive people. And, and, you know, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be doing something to, you know, at least lift a little bit of ignorance to, to share a little light, you know? And so I'll get super depressed when I get in that kind of negative mind frame about, you know, my fellow, you know, fellow people. And that's why, 
you know, I mean, I do get, you know, a ton of positive support too. And, um, you know, part of my mind frame is to take the positive and the negative with a grain of salt and judge mm -hmm. myself. But it does help, you know, getting, hearing those positive things and getting some feedback and knowing that you are making something. But that's not the key. You got to just know that you're doing the best that you fucking can. Yeah, know? and whenever you have that tight and you, you associate with that group of friends that you trust I was talking about, yeah. whenever you get in those states, that's what they're there for. Yeah. You know, it's like I've you know talked to my, my my friends about this very thing. Whenever they feel like that, it's like we're all walking in this group together. Whenever someone falls down, like you help them get up, and whenever you fall down, they're going to help you get up again. They're going to cheer you up again and get you back on the track. Yeah. Because I think that that feeling that you were talking about about feeling a bit uninspired to you, know, you can see you know, the the brilliance and ignorance of humanity are both glaring. Yeah. You know, and it's true. If you happen to catch more of the reflection of the negative side, it's very defeating. You know, it's it is. very defeating. Look at you know, if you look at West Africa, Korea, sure. you know, the Middle East, it's it's like, um, it's immobilizing. You know, to yeah. think about, and uh, you know, it's easy to turn on a bunch of like Austin hipsters onto the notion of like awareness and consciousness, but to penetrate, you know, some something that's so scabbed as some of those. Um, and you know intense patristic you know cultures it's a, quite a task uh, yeah and the same thing with me you know I've basically it's a matter of just zooming out so many clicks that i just go wow i like seeing the vantage point of the world and the universe from such an alien perspective uh you know is, is it's that thing of whenever you look into the abyss the abyss looks back at you you know it's like look how complex and just and uh, empty that thing is not empty in a negative way, but there's just so much space and so much yeah. like detail and everything. And then you look, you know, you can see that within yourself and go, "Wow, you know, <laughs> I have just as much space and just such as much infinity and like there's you know so many things and people on this planet and so many like so much happening is all simultaneously that like I, you know just being this tiny tiny little fleck of salt within this huge system you know can be paralyzing." Uh, so y you feeling, you know, uh, uninspired to help people, me feeling like an alien yep. and totally disembodied. I think that those things are kind of like uh, it's being road weary on the path, you know, and that's just a part of, of like our nature Like yeah. that happens to the earth. You know, it's yeah, like sure. So whenever you're you're chugging along in your path and you're, you're doing following your process and doing what you need to be doing or, you know, you feel in accord with your surroundings and your meaning, then it's just natural to get a little road weary and you got to yeah. pull over at a rest stop, man. And, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, take a, you know, take a little nap and get some food and get charged up again and then go back out there and you can catch up the ground you lost while you're sleeping. You just got to break the speed limit a little uh, yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. but you, can, you can catch up I there. I hear you 100%, you know? man. I think and, that's a great, great way to look at it. And, and, I think, and so some of the ways to, to make that, you know, to bring that analogy back to life, some of the things that re-inspire me is, you know, like if, if I just go, well, nature will, nature will sometimes do it. It's a good regrounding. Mm -hmm. But as far as people, you know, if you just go and just kind of be like be invisible for a little while and just be amongst in, a, in like a positive environment, you know, in a in a concert, just go by yourself or you don't have to talk to anybody or and just observe people and try and imagine their lives. And I did that actually this weekend out in uh, out in L.A. I was at this music festival, Sunset Music Festival, mm -hmm. and it was cool. And I was just there by myself and just kind of observing people like being happy and then some people you know having little challenges that they're dealing with whatever but like just get a feel because we have no sense of tribe anymore mm -hmm. you know it's like our close group which we feel like are the only people we could get along with in yeah. the world you know because we weird. meet so many people that that it's so 
we're so different from, you know. And so we have our close friends, but they're almost like they don't count, you know, because we feel like we've kind of sought them out yeah. and created this little group. But but to get a sense of just people in general, I think is important because we used to have that. We used to have that kind of tribal community yeah. feel. We don't have that anymore. But so you got to broaden that out to just feeling your your fellow brothers and sisters, your fellow man, you know, mankind, and just kind of getting a sense for for them in a positive way. And mm-hmm. then I think that'll that for me helps is part of what helps reset that kind of that kind of vigor or or hearing about some, you know injustice that's going on of like a a real victim like fuck gotta go do that (laughs) yeah yeah that'll that'll get me back up but that's my rest stop i guess i saw this great that's that's great i saw this great episode of uh louis you ever seen that before louis ck yeah i've seen his comedy show he has a yeah his show called louis he kind of plays himself and it's this you know deconstruction of of like his you know human condition as he sees it it's beautiful anyway there's one moment where he kind of like always has said that he doesn't like florida and he finds like miami just like he doesn't doesn't like it so in this episode he goes down there and then there's um well there's like a cuban guy working at the bar he's performing at or something and then like louis feeling down and they're kind of like chatting a little bit and um then the Cuban guy's like, hey, why don't you come uh, hang out with me afterwards? And he's like, uh, all uncomfortable, like any typical, like, or like most white Americans yeah, are like, yeah, um, yeah. hang out with a stranger? Like, that's not very, <laughs> com- you know, like going back to the tribe thing. Yeah. So he ends up like going in, this guy's just like so warm, takes him to his house, like he's partying with his family, they're like eating and stuff, and, and Louis is just like, he can't believe how warm and like inviting and there's like you know 50 people in this guy's family and they're in his friends and they're all just having a great time and they're all poor like they're living in this you know kind of uh you know lower uh you know economic space in in miami and he louis is just blown away and then he looks up and there's a bunch of sky rises you know uh across the highway or whatever and uh he's kind of staring at it and the cuban guy's like man you know it's uh you know look at that and uh the, the sad thing is is you know you, know, you look up there. I look up there all the time. And there's just there's rich people, but they're sitting up there alone on the balcony, man. Yeah. You know, and, and you can tell it's like Louis chewing on that and turning it over in his head and just like, wow. You know, and then it, of course, devolves into something really hilarious. And um, Louis likes to like make a point and then like. And then make it silly. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. But, uh, but I think that's a, you know, that's a good point with, with all of us is like, you know, people get so like hypnotized by the illusions that uh, that are out there and the distractions and they forget those sense of like you don't need anything you don't need like stuff or you know hey that to to feel connected and to feel human and to to have your tribe you know and and to have that tribe is something very important because you can work and feel like you're doing good you could be a doctor and, and mm-hmm. all this and you know helping people and making a lot of money but if at the end of the day you're sitting up on that balcony by yourself you know you're not in the right place yeah. you know yeah, it's true. You know, you build a fortress around yourself, literally, in, in so many cases with, you know, the houses and the places that you do. And you can end up creating further, further isolation. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think there's uh, there's a risk to that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think there's there's a real warmth and a happiness. That's why if you look at the happiness scale, you know, a lot of these poor villages and poor yeah. places, because they're all working together. They're all, yeah. you know coming together for little festivals and mm-hmm. events and helping each other out. And if one person's got a little more food this week than the other one, come on over, yeah. you know, and there's that real sense that I think for us to move forward in this new era that we're, we're heading into, you know, that I think is, 
I think is more coincidentally occurring with 2012 rather than mm-hmm. um, causally oh, well, yeah, coming from 2012. But <laughs> sure. whatever, it is an interesting coincidence. But I think we are entering a new level. And that new level is going to have to be an embrace of strangers and helping other people mm-hmm. out and being you know, part of a tribe once again, even if that tribe yeah. is massively expansive. There's know? this, yeah, totally. There's this weird dichotomy that's happening with the internet too, because like with, with us talking about being symbol based creatures, it's like, that's how we, we understand our entire reality is that we apply our symbols that we've put on things from past experience or from what we've been taught growing up or what we've taught ourselves. And that's how we create our entire worldviews based on all of these symbols. Mm-hmm. And it's been going on for like, you know, thousands of years. You can look at like the Egyptians. Those are all symbol based, you know, even yeah. if it's blatant, you know, of course, but here it's like you murdered your car. That's a symbol. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like anything as simple as that is a yeah. symbol. And with the internet, it's like, there's so many, you know, there's three levels of, of like, brain consciousness function like reptilian mammalian and then the upper function you know so it's like we started with this reptilian we evolved to mammalian and we got our you know upper frontal lobes but then there's this this extra piece where it's like they say there's the seventh chakra that actually exists above the head yeah the weirder culture yeah and so um and that's our connection to the infinite the connection to our divine self that's exactly where i was going with this so the, um, we have you know this levels of consciousness, but the 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 chakra that exists outside of the body, the connection to the infinite, is I think in this weird technological way we're doing that with the internet. It's like the internet is like a non-local collective consciousness because all the internet is is basically systems and symbols that people are putting into that, and they're replicating their realities by putting their symbols into the system. So that's evolving as a non-local collective consciousness of the infinite based on everyone's like um, everyone's uh, like non-local mind. So we're replicating our entire universe in by creating the internet. Sounds very Ray Kurzweil, what you're, what you're <laughs> trying to say. But yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're, and, I hear what you're saying. So the problem is there is that like the sense of community exists on the internet, like something like Rogan's Message Board or like podcasts or all these things, and that's really great. Um, because we've got, but it's an abstract symbol-based thing that doesn't really exist in the, you know, in the um, real right world. in front of you in the real world. And it yeah. has rules that don't apply to real world. Exactly. Behavior. People can be so, you know, as Joe calls it, cunty on, <laughs> yeah. on yeah. the internet when you can't be like that in life. Exactly. You can't walk up to someone and, you know, stalk all that shit about yeah. them to their face. First of all, you'll see them get sad. Yeah. And then you'll get bummed out, even if you could kick their ass. Yeah. You know, and if you can't kick their ass, well, maybe they'll kick your ass, you know? Yeah. Like, and either way. But just the simple fact, of, if you said that and you actually saw a person get sad, you know, then it's, like, different. But you just throw it out there on the message yeah. board and it's in this kind of symbol-based system. It's because, like, yeah, it allows you, whenever there's, like, a, a forward flow only with, with output... And there's no like reciprocity there. Like yeah. on the internet, you can just put stuff out and then turn it off and go do whatever you're gonna do. But you know, it's like you can. Re- it gets really deep with the human psyche. It's like you got this ice cream scoop and you're just scraping the bottom of the human consciousness and the psyche <laughs> and just you know flinging those scoops out into the inter- you know, the internet and then you carry on about your day because there's no it doesn't bounce back because you've you've left. But the point is is that like a lot of people you know, are finding their community on the internet. And that is great, but you certainly, you know, shouldn't forget about the fact that like, um, 
having that in person is possible and very, very important. Absolutely. Know? It's like building your character in, in World of Warcraft versus building your character in real life. I, 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 oh, yeah. You know, or any kind of, you yeah. know, I think, I think there's, you know, that's cool and that's fun. But yeah. you got to realize that, you know, the Internet is almost like, even though it's you, it's almost like a World of Warcraft game. It's not different. The real world rules and things you create don't necessarily apply. I yeah. think it's important to get out there and, you know, Build up your human self and build up your human connections and build up and keep that going. And, you know, talk to people on the phone instead of just text them. Yeah. You know, like see people yeah. for lunch, see people for yeah. coffee. Like, yeah, I have to really yeah, connect. Two, two people that I meet for lunch with every week, every single week. Some of them have been going on for years. And I have, yeah. you know, a friend I meet with, uh, my label partner, Mike Vernusky. You know, we meet, we've meet, met every Wednesday for almost a decade, you know, and it's because that's the, one of those things that can you can help stay on the path and keep your mind straight and the more you you know walk down through that jungle with somebody the more they're going to know you and the more that they can help you yeah i think a, a cool thing for us to do would be to talk about some of the little tricks in our toolbox not tricks but some of our tools that we use to keep our minds tuned in because i i think that that's uh, an important key to to um, awareness and to you know staying positive. I like that. I like that idea, yes. and I think we should do it on the next podcast. We're here, uh, we're here a little bit past an hour, and uh, well, trying to keep them this way. But I think that's uh, I think that's key. You know, is is finding these little, as you say, you know, you can get weary from the road, but you can also get experience from yeah. the road. And uh, you know, I think both of us have been fortunate enough to to find our paths and be on our paths and. Um, you know, I know there's many of you listening who are on your own paths as well. And, you know, I always appreciate hearing from you. And then there's other people still looking and, and finding and seeking and searching. And, uh, you know, so any bit of wisdom we can bring, I think is, uh, you know, spreading a little light and, I'll, that's, I'll uh, people, and that's what it's all about. Absolutely. I'll leave people with, with one very easy, uh, thing. It's Tai Not Hun talks about this, you know, is that you can find things in your life that are constant reminders of, of mindfulness and like presence. And wherever you see those things, take, you know, three to 10 nice, slow, calm breaths. And that incites more mindfulness, um, controlling your breathing, you know? Um, and he, I mean, this is, you know, obviously very easy to joke about, but if you take a breath with the same tenderness that you would like hug a small child with that mm -hmm. same gentleness out and in, you know, so these type of things you can see if you're driving and you see a red light, you know, normally people are get annoyed and frustrated because that red light stopped them from their journey. But you're really just present. You know, you, you forget that you're just there, even though you're going somewhere in a car, you're still in the present moment. So when you see that red light, let that red light be a bell of mindfulness and go, oh, there's a red light. Instead of getting mad at it, stop and, you know, focus on your breathing while you're there in the car. You know, whenever you see a stop sign, focus on your breathing, you know. Whenever you hear a sound out, whenever you're walking around and you hear of some weird, you know, 18 wheeler, you know, car horn or somebody slam a car door, right. boom, that's a bell of, of mindfulness, you know, and take three breaths, align your breathing and become present again. You know, you can set up these little systems to keep your, your mind tuned in to the frequency of the infinite and the present. Wise words, Corey Allen. I, I concur completely. I think that's a, I've never heard of that, but it makes a lot of sense. You know, um, one one book I, I read that I really like is Aldous Huxley's Island. I mm. think he does an excellent job in building a functional utopia that could exist. And um, the old Raja who set up the the kind of island, they trained the birds in uh, they trained the birds in the in the island to say the word attention. 
right, here yeah. and now. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which I, is I, like, I which is a very thing. literal application of what yeah. you're saying. But they're actually saying attention here and now, yeah. which is exactly what you're saying. Find your find your center. Find your presence back to the now. And um, you know, so if you have a parrot, maybe teach the parrot to say. Parrot, uh, yeah, whenever your oven timer goes <laughs> off, anything, any, yeah. any sound or any sight that you see, and especially one that could annoy you, you know, in the past, you can turn change that, around. that, turn it around, and have it be a bell of mindfulness. You know, I like it. Right on, Corian. Yeah. Well, thank you again. We can find you at at Quiet Design on Twitter. That's right. And um, what are your web URLs you again? Check out my music website, Corey, C-O-R-Y dash Allen dot com. Check out my record label, quietdesign.us. And uh, I actually started a podcast where I talk to artists um, about, you know, their process. And of course, you know, we can't go very long without getting into some type of, you know, in, you know philosophical conversation. They're very interesting. Uh, and that's just the Quiet Design podcast. So you can go to iTunes and check that out. But holler at me on the Twitter at Quiet Design like talking to people, all the people that have messaged me off of the last podcast I did with Aubrey. It's been some great, uh, great conversations, really cool messages. And, uh, I love hearing from you guys. So thanks. Right on. And that cool, that cool intro you hear, by the way, or you will hear, uh, on the, on the audio version of this, I haven't figured out how to plug it in myself (laughs) yet, but that was designed entirely by Mr. Corey Allen as well. So if you enjoy that, that's a, it's an example of his fine work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Normally my, you know, music is really, uh, it's, it's like, um it's it's all uh what i'm trying to do is is basically replicate the structure of the cosmos you know i want to hear that by the way it's all i think think we should yeah i'll send out a link uh, or something or some way to get in touch with that kind of uh that sound because that sounds pretty amazing it's, it's just pure presence man it's good for good for meditation but it's not meditation music (laughs) I like it, man. All right, Corey Allen. Thanks a lot, brother. Thanks, sir. Definitely appreciate it.